0: Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I am the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Foo News Media. Uh, We are in the midst of several smaller episodes of Fast Forward. Uh, We're in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak, and so we are talking to restaurant industry professionals from all across uh, the spectrum, whether it's restaurant operators, vendors, consultants, data analysts, um, talking to folks with unique perspectives and uh, insights into how to overcome the challenges posed by coronavirus. So we're looking for those creative ideas and solutions um, that are out there so that you, the restaurant operator, can get through this with your lights still on, keep your head above water. We're also posting those headlines up to QSR's website uh, at qsrmagazine.com coronavirus. Again, qsrmagazine.com coronavirus, you will find more than 100 stories, uh, headlines of news and insights around the industry uh, for what folks are doing uh, to get through this very difficult Time. Um, also, uh, please do reach out to me if you think that you'd be good for this podcast or know somebody who would, or if you'd just like to talk or have a resource, um, I would love to hear from you. Uh, email sam at qsrmagazine.com. Again, it's sam at qsrmagazine.com. I would love to hear from you, even if it's just to say hello and to hear what you've been going through in these last few weeks. Uh, I'm sharing a conversation now with the CEO of Dickey's Barbecue Pit, Laura Ray Dickey. I wanted to get her perspective on what things are like for a franchise chain of 500 plus locations, uh, particularly a, a chain like a barbecue chain that is so built around things like catering, uh, and, and family packs, a business model that is probably affected in sort of different ways uh, than other restaurant companies. And, and so I wanted to get her opinion also how she's communicating with franchisees, but she also talks a lot about in this interview um, how Dickies is trying to stay transparent for customers uh, in order to earn that trust and make sure customers still see Dickies as a regular source for their meals. So sharing now a conversation with Dickey's CEO, Laura Ray Dickey. All right, Laura, thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure you are swamped. Um, tell me a little bit about the last two to three weeks for Dickies. How, how, what have things been like? How have you guys really had to evolve the business to accommodate everything that's been going on?
1: Well, Sam, I think that's just it. It's been about evolving and evolving incredibly quickly. Uh, absolutely, I think a little bit after the initial jarring, unrealistic shock of the situation, which I think was probably universal, then we immediately um, switched into, okay, let's assess the situation. What do we need? What is our order of priorities? And how do we get folks set up to continue to serve the communities in which they're doing business? And thankfully, Mm. uh, we have such a a good group of owner-operators and such a good, tight network. And we have Mm -hmm. our own infrastructure in communications and technology. So we were enabled to really enact that very quickly uh, to do things like this. I immediately got on, uh, you know, chat, got on video, got on everything with our owner operators and our community and said, you know, hey, this is where we all are. This is what we know uh, day one. And this is our plan and have just continued to evolve that with our operators as the situation has become, you know, is remain fluid but changes.
0: Yeah. You guys have restaurants all over the country. And obviously, this has been a really sort of fractured response uh, as city and then state governments started to respond with certain regulations. Um, How did that affect your response? I mean, were you able to learn from how certain restaurants were performing maybe on the West Coast where it hit earlier and then kind of adjust for the East Coast? Or what, what did that look like as the rollout happened?
1: Sure. Um, For us, it was really, we do, we have over 500 restaurants uh, nationwide, and then we have several international locations. And so it was immediately, um, we had stores that were restaurants that were more immediately affected in the West Coast and Washington and California because they certainly were just harder hit first. And so those restrictions for how to do business, how to interact with guests, what's allowable, what's not allowable, uh, what's the safest way to do business, really, it did start there with those restrictions. And so we were able to take that and immediately come up with a standing operating procedure kind of baseline and then adjusted Mm -hmm. that depending on whether or not, you know, i the nuances of, of restrictions are, can you walk into a dining room to pick up your to-go order, or can you only go to the door? Uh, you know, defining what curbside versus uh, takeout and to-go means. And some places and municipalities uh, really paid very detailed attention to that and others didn't. And so we mm-hmm. came up a baseline and then have helped each uh, group of operators kind of figure out the nuances to what's required of them. Cause it is a little different, but I think yeah. the, The most important thing for us immediately was to communicate. And we were if there has ever been a time that our investment in technology and communication paid off, it is this challenge because we had Mm -hmm. an infrastructure in place. It's our technology. So we were able to just continue to optimize our online ordering. We were able to immediately be responsive. We're not in a queue to get to something um, that we need urgently from someone else. We just were able to do that. So we really quickly uh, optimize everything. We have a good relationship with our third party vendors and the majority of our system has been on um, third party vendors for several years. Uh, We also have in-house direct delivery in partnership with DoorDash and they have been fantastic. So we had that online ordering. We had direct delivery. We have third-party delivery. And so we just had to shift and adjust how we would have Mm. balanced the business into really focusing on those channels and then working through the nuances of first and foremost, letting guests know we're here, we're open. That was probably the most Uh, immediate need that everyone uh, wanted to get out to their guests and their community through all of our media channels was to stop and shift to that message of, Hey, you know, we're here for you. We're still serving. You don't want to go to the grocery store. You can come get dinner from us.
0: Yeah. Well, and in fact, I mean, you guys also started to offer some um, grocery style offerings uh, as, as part of um, some deals that you did. I mean, I, a lot of the restaurants out there today have been trying to evolve quickly to accommodate not only needs from the customer, but also trying to rethink, you know, what are some deals you can come up with to really get customers through the door? Tell me about those efforts that you guys have kind of quickly come up with to try to encourage more guests to, to order from Dickie's.
1: Sure, Um, and it was thankfully for us, it was a difference in degree as opposed to a difference in kind because we have mm. always offered family packs. And so we were able to really optimize that. So it wasn't having to learn how to do a family pack. It was taking that core of what we do really well and then evolving it, being responsive. What are the add-ons? What are guests looking for? So we were able to take those packs and add the grocery add-ons. We were able mm. to take our whole meats and offer them online really quickly and, early in the first week of everything being challenging. We also took our online, or what had been a dining room tradition for us, a a Sunday special where kids eat free. And we were immediately Mm -hmm. able within just a few days to set our restaurants up to accommodate that online. Uh, Because that was absolutely something that we heard from guests and from our owner operators that are really, really tied into their communities is that folks immediately needed uh, some relief. And so they were immediately Mm -hmm. looking for what's how can I make sure that I can stretch dinner, that I can make good use of leftovers, that I can just really have that deal that they, you know, immediately reevaluated as guests, uh, more of a recession mentality. And so we needed to Mm. be able to adapt that almost immediately to here's the value, here's how many folks you can feed with this family pack, here's add ons, here's how. Meats by the pound can be paired with a whole meats. So we added those. We added a larger side so that from an individual to a medium side, we added a large so that folks could come in and have a side that would feed 10 folks. And so that mm-hmm. might be two dinners. And that's really what we saw. I guess we're wanting almost immediately is I'm going to get out once or twice until I feel comfortable this week. And so how can I make that last?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a big part of this, too, you kind of alluded to earlier is that communication piece to customers, um, not only reminding them that, you know, you're still open for business, but also now you have this thing where you have to communicate what these deals are and how you're helping customers in their time of need. What's been the communication strategy to customers and how you get the word out about this stuff?
1: Absolutely. And so a large uh, portion of our marketing and communication with our guests was also already digital. So we immediately shifted all of our social channels, whether that's organic social or paid social, all of our streaming, all of our display, all of our digital marketing and advertising to that message in this order. It was we're here. We're open. We've got you covered. Free delivery, uh, curbside pickup order online or call our hotline. Because we also have a portion portion of our guests that had been traditionally our dining guests that Mm -hmm. didn't want to download an app that weren't yet comfortable ordering online. And that's who came to see us every day. And so we Mm -hmm. uh, adjusted our catering hotline to just be an any guest, any time hotline. And they would help folks that were maybe not as tech savvy. Like I struggled a little bit getting the speaker going when we got started, (laughs) you know, that that's that guest that we took that uh, immediate shift and said, Hey, we'll help anybody um, get lunch, get dinner, it's okay. We're here for you. So we shifted yeah. that internal resource to meet that need so that we could uh, accommodate the folks that were already online, but also kind of help uh, shorten the gap, if you will, for folks that weren't yet doing business online. And believe mm-hmm. it or not, uh, despite what anybody says, there's still a large portion of folks out there um, that that would not be as comfortable ordering. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how we accommodated that need, but it was absolutely first and foremost. We're here, free delivery uh, all the way through April then what relief can we give immediately so that uh, kids eat free is online on Sundays. Operators can extend that for that community beyond that day of the week, but nationwide, it is absolutely available on Sunday. And then evolving the packs, what were Mm. folks really needing? And that was larger sides, making sure they had leftovers and then adding on those grocery aisle items that they were really um, anxious about getting. And so you know Whether that was toilet paper, paper towels, gloves, uh, bottled water, we could add those to packs for guests. Mm-hmm. So that just seeing that, I think, knowing that folks had another outlet, um, if they couldn't find it at their grocery store or didn't want to go to their grocery store, or what we also heard is, as feedback and talking to those guests and folks reaching out saying, thanks, it was really nice to be able to keep up that Sunday tradition of having Dickies, just that little bit mm-hmm. of normalcy for folks. That they wanted to go to their favorite place.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's normalcy, but then also comfort. I mean, and, and for barbecue, I think you guys are so well positioned because not only are you a great option for families, but you're also a great option as a, a comfort food thing. And I think right mm-hmm. now, more than any time, right, customers want a little bit of, of comfort. And like you said, they want some normalcy. Uh, now, I know a big par- part of the reason that the sales have dropped off is there's also been some some trust issues there. I mean, uh, I think a, there's a lot of fear from customers that the mm-hmm. virus could spread via food service. Um, how do you make sure that that trust is um, you know is not lost and then how do we start to restore some of that trust to bring the customers back
1: absolutely it's all still transparency and communication and so again another day one initiative for us was putting out a letter and I'm sure that I saw a, a really interesting back and forth on social media about, I'm so glad that I know how every CEO that I've ever signed up with their company is, is responding because everybody <laughs> put up letters. And actually that's true though, because when you then go sift back and go, Hey, okay, those companies, they're on it, those brands, they're on it. They're talking to me. And, and actually that does make a difference. So we, we immediately put out uh, first to operators and then with our operators out to our guests, here's the five things that we're doing day one and published that on our website, put it out on all of our social channels, posted it by our front door so that folks would know that we had immediately moved to a hydrogen peroxide-based cleaning agent, which was really Mm -hmm. important because it is it is there to uh, be labeled against uh, helping prevent the spread of viruses specifically and the coronavirus. And so it's labeled for that. And so I think folks having that, hey, we're on it. We are using every resource. You know, this is where you can have trust in a brand that's 79 years old and mm-hmm. has resources. And so first communicating that. And then as well as immediately, even before we had any dining rooms um, that were not uh uh, able to to have guests dine in. We took everything that was community serve and, and moved into a, what we called a we serve. So it's a let mm. us get that for you. So we immediately went there. Then we also already had an upgrade in what was our regularly scheduled uh, promotion that was certainly no longer applicable in general, but we were able to take uh, our upgraded packaging. And so we mm-hmm. had already slated to have delivery seals on the on all of our bags and have that so that go so the guests would just know and be able to visually see. However, my pit master prepared that for me, this is how it arrived at my door. Mm-hmm. And so just those seals that say to guests, this was handed off. You can have peace of mind there. I think it was very important. And then we also went immediately, literally within day three, every place had contactless delivery. And that's again, Mm -hmm. because we control our technology infrastructure. So we didn't have a lag time and being able to update anything. We got all the folks, um, in a room and said, what do we need? What do guests need? How do we do this? And then in order priority as quickly as possible. And then we're just very fluid in our communication. And I put out videos to the system once a day. We put out emails. We have what we call SMTV, which is our shift meeting television that goes out twice a day uh, because Mm -hmm. our crews also wanted to know. So we we absolutely made sure that we were talking to our operators, but we're also talking to our frontline folks and we let guests know that. It really made an to me, we have our original store that sits here in Dallas on um, 75 and Knox Henderson. It's been open and operating since 1941. And I was in that store and there was the coronavirus uh, paper that was there that was uh, an info sheet. And I saw all of the pit crew passing it around. Uh, Mm. Reading it because they just wanted to make sure that they had that information. And so that was also immediately said to me, we need to make sure that we get this communication out, not just to the owner operators um, as partners, but also to the pit crew so that they feel good about what they're doing. They feel protected. They know that we're all here. And to just make sure we're really uh, intentionally sharing that information.
0: Yeah, that also reminds me too of that the fact that you know this is you have to sort of shift into team mentality. I mean, not mm-hmm. only as a, a as a company and within each restaurant, but as an industry too. I think we're at this point now where it's very much everybody rallied together because your pit crews, you know, if they slip up, that's that's bad for all of Dickies. And right now, everybody kind of needs to be in this together. How can you facilitate some of that sort of we're all in this together kind of team mentality and, and, and getting the system through this together?
1: That's exactly it. It's acknowledging that and then sharing that communication and sharing that best practices. And then I have a great network of friends in the industry that we immediately started sharing. Here's the hydrogen peroxide chemical that we're using. Here's the bag seals that we're using. Here's how we've gotten them so quickly. Here's how, you know, in our, for example, in our dining rooms that weren't walk-in, we had, it was with our owner-operator Just last week, actually, in Florida, and she had a pretty strict requirement that came down immediately that she couldn't have guests go into the dining room. So she took her dining room table and pressed it up against the front door and set her a marketing sign outside, went and got balloons and just had a real big we're open and was able to use it as a walk-up counter because there mm. was this immediate, um, I don't have a drive-through, which only about 20, 25% of our system has a drive-through. And so mm-hmm. it was, how do we close that gap? And it was a you know very simple, straightforward, I have to give Wendy great credit for that. She just said, I made my own walk-up this way. And so that way mm. she was able to meet the requirements of the city and guests could see with her open door and her Smiling face and her balloons that she was right there and ready to serve them, and so that's something mm-hmm. that we shared out across the system. But I also shared it to you know our our competitors because that's that's just something where we are all in this together, and it's a mm-hmm. you have the best practice. Let me share it with you, um, and vice versa, because then we can all get better and we can help uh, folks just feel more comfortable. Um, is this yeah. as safe as the grocery store? Yes. Here's why you know, we're mm-hmm. professional food handlers. We are certified in a way that maybe folks um, in other places are not, but we're certified on food handling safety. We have those best practices. We thankfully have an excellent, you know, health department infrastructure that goes around. So it's reminding folks of that, that the folks that are handling and packing your packaging your food, they're in gloves, they're washing their hands, uh, you know, they're There's someone that you can feel comfortable with preparing, Mm -hmm. but I think it's reminding guests of those best practices.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I like that idea of the uh, the makeshift walk up window kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, operation. We've seen a lot of that across the industry. You know, I saw here uh, where I live in North Carolina, there was a brewery that started doing you know drive up um, brewery mm-hmm. dispensing, and, and right in front of you, they dunk it in the hydrogen peroxide. And it's everybody's kind of wow. getting creative in how they do these things. Do you have any kind of like go to resources for how you? Are learning. I mean, uh, there's a lot of this you're kind of told via governmental agencies, you know, these regulations. But for those creative things, who do you, what are you looking to for some of those lessons?
1: I think a couple of resources. The National Restaurant Association has been great about putting out information and holding webinars and sharing best practices. Um, And then I also think it's just that peer community group that we share Mm -hmm. amongst each other that's really, really valuable. And then I also think social media. Whether yeah. it's your LinkedIn or, you know, following the brands, sharing that, seeing that. Because again, as we're talking to guests, we're also talking to each other. And so anything that says to a guest, we're open, feel comfortable, Uh you know, and here in Dallas, there were great restaurants uh you know one of our restaurant rows that had their doors open and their signs out and they'd taped off uh, where folks could queue in line six feet apart so everybody felt comfortable but it was the same type of situation and they were uh, you know thankfully we were able to sell packaged liquor um and beer and yeah. wine and and so we immediately were able to do that and, and some of our stores are so we're adding that in with the family packs and it's just that kind of you see somebody with uh that's friendly. And that's just following those good practices. Your bags are sealed, your hands are washed, you've got gloves on, you know, just being open and transparent. And for us, Mm -hmm. most of our restaurants have that open kitchen. So guests can still kind of look in and see, and they can see everything that's happening. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a part of that, that communication, since, you know, we're all so used to what we see in five, 10 seconds and making a decision on that online. It's really true, and what guests see is how comfortable they feel.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know that it's, we're still early in all of this, um, and there's probably a long road to hoe with the coronavirus stuff. But um, do you get any sense that maybe restaurants have bottomed out? I mean, at least looking at the Dickey system, I know there was a real whiplash there for the, uh, the first week or two after all of the regulations came down and dining rooms closed. But is there anything like, you know, Should can restaurant operators be at least a little hopeful that maybe there is a turnaround coming? Do you get that sense at all?
1: Oh, very much so. And we've seen that in our own numbers. Uh, I think the, the most challenging time was before we knew what this was going to look like from a regulation standpoint. Before that, is every gonna, everybody going to go to a shelter in place? Are they not? But once mm-hmm. in just a couple of days, we shifted to a let's assume all business has to be done online let's assume all business has to be done, call in. Let's assume every place would have a shelter in place. And the only place that folks would have as resources would be their grocery store or their restaurant takeout. And Mm -hmm. once you adjusted to that, a couple of days later, as kind of that, that rolling change happened, guests caught up to that. And so we have seen at least for us, sales are very slowly, certainly not where they uh, were before, nor should be, but starting to recover. We're not losing ground every day. We're gaining back.
0: Mm. Okay. That's good. That's good. That brings me a little bit of hope and leads into my last question for you, Laura, is what else can we leave listeners with that maybe is a little bit of encouragement, any wisdom you can offer that will uh, maybe lift some spirits in this kind of somber time?
1: But that this is going to be okay. That while we are going to be set normal for sure, you know, there are restaurants are still here for you. It's still the same great folks and the same great food. You're just enjoying it in your dining room, not ours, but we're here for you. And it's a good break and you can still gather around the dining table and you can still enjoy whether it's Dickie's or whatever it is. It's still there. And it's still... uh, you know part of that tradition part of that hey this is my favorite restaurant or you know i always talk about why are restaurants that's such an important third space for folks because mm-hmm. usually when you think about like a great time or marked a special occasion or had a great moment almost often it involves some sort of we gathered here or we had this or this is the restaurant where we went to celebrate so you can still have that food you can still have that tradition it just looks a little different
0: Mm. yeah oh Laura that's good I really like that and I I do feel encouraged so thank you for that and thank you for your time today Um, you know be well good luck to you guys and uh, hopefully we'll all get through this together sometime soon
1: I am sure that we will thanks Sam I appreciate it